0: Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep, quiet stories and meditations to help you find a little peace at bedtime or anytime. Well, I want to thank everyone who reached out this week from all over the world, really, to make sure that we were doing okay here with everything that's been going on in California. There has been so much flooding here that it's become an international news story. Well, we've been very fortunate here on the mountain, and we haven't had any major mudslides or flooding. It's just been very wet most of the time. But yesterday, we got a break from the rain, and I took the dogs out for a nice, long, sunny walk. It was so beautiful. And Bandit is here visiting for a week, and that's always a treat. Speaking of treats, it was my birthday this past week, and to celebrate, I would like to give you folks a treat that I've been working on for a while now. In 2023... Each month, I'm going to read at least one original story for you that I have written myself. The stories are about life here on the mountain. Mine and Joe and Bodhi and Ninja and Ashi's, as well as all the other animals, with some fiction and maybe even a little fantasy woven in. This is something I've wanted to do ever since I started Listen to Sleep over three years ago. But I was afraid to back then. And I let that fear get the best of me. Well, I've decided I'm not going to do that anymore. Life is too short. And I'm very excited to share these stories with you. These episodes will be called Listen to Sleep Mountain. And in them... I'll be reading each story twice, once at my normal pace and then once again a bit slower, much the way Catherine Nicolai does with her original stories about the village of nothing much in her wonderful bedtime story podcast, Nothing Much Happens. She has been such an inspiration to me and a friend. And if you haven't heard her podcast, I highly recommend it, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I want to thank Addie, Michelle, Cecilia, Stephen, Aaron, Shane, Teresa, Laura, Suzanne, and Samantha for supporting the podcast by subscribing to the ad-free version this week. Your support is what allows me to be your bedtime storyteller and meditation guide. We have just a little less than 600 supporters now, and I sure would appreciate it if you could help me reach my goal of 1,000 supporters by this summer. When you support the podcast for just $5 a month, you'll get every episode without any ads a day earlier Along with an extra subscriber only episode every week. You can join on the website at listentosleep.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. In tonight's original story for the inaugural episode of Listen to Sleep Mountain, we'll follow a flock of band tailed pigeons on their 900 mile migration from Vancouver to the Oak Forests of Northern California. Let's take a deep breath in and out. Just letting go of the day, feeling the weight of gravity. Pulling you deep down into the mattress. And another deep breath in. And out. Nothing to do, nowhere to go, no one to be. This is your time. Quiet. One more deep breath in, and out. If you get tired while I'm reading to you, that's okay, just let yourself drift off. Journey South. The summer in Vancouver had been beautiful and warm, much like early autumn on Sleep Mountain. The occasional gentle rains had kept my feathers clean without the need to venture to the ground to bathe in a fountain or a brook. That summer was also the first time I had the courage to eat from a bird feeder. The people inside the house seemed so close, but through the glass I could see that they only wanted to watch me, not catch me. The robins and blue jays didn't even seem to notice the people, but most of us band-tailed pigeons are just not used to eating from feeders. Really, the only thing about the bird feeder that ended up being at all frightening was the squirrel. But then I realized that without eggs, squirrels aren't a problem. I had gotten so used to only seeing squirrels up close when they were trying to steal an egg from my nest, that I never stopped to think that they are actually pretty harmless when they're just spinning from the bottom of a bird feeder. And really, that is kind of funny to watch. In the beginning of October, the sun was rising later and setting earlier. The weather had gotten chilly and damp, so we had been huddling together on the branches with puffed-up feathers to stay warm through the longer and colder nights. One day, after an overnight rain, the clouds had parted just enough to let a few rays of sun pass through the fir trees where our flock was roosting. The rustling of feathers and light cooing of greetings around me seemed a bit different from the days prior. There was a hint of anticipation in the air, and I remember thinking that maybe this would be the day. I also remember wondering that morning what winters were like in Vancouver. Did the days just get shorter and shorter until it was only night? Did the rain start and just never stop? I've never spent a winter in Canada, and I've always just assumed it would be much like the winters in California, but maybe just a little colder. But maybe I'm wrong. One day... I may spend a winter with a flock that doesn't migrate, just to see for myself. But on this particular day, I was pretty sure that my flock would soon begin the journey south to Sleep Mountain. As the morning light became a bit brighter, I could see the grandmother pigeons huddled together a few branches above me. They were watching the sun rise and gauging its position on the horizon. I wondered, had it moved far enough to the south? Was this going to be the day? After a while, the grandmothers got very quiet and shut their eyes. As the clouds began to gather, blocking out the light the grandmothers began to sway back and forth, and then they all moved together to a branch near the top of the tree to get a better look at the weather. They could smell the dry leaves and feel a hint of warmth on the breeze coming from the south. Yes, it was then that we knew it was the day. For my entire life, in early autumn, our flock has left Canada for the acorn forests of Northern California. They are filled with the largest and tastiest acorns in the whole world. Because late summer had been warmer than usual, I was starting to get a bit restless and wondering if the acorns on Sleep Mountain might have already started to fall. One particularly warm autumn a few years back, most of the acorns had fallen to the ground by the time we arrived. But we much prefer to eat them when they are still on the branches of the oak trees, Not only is it safer to stay up in the trees, but those acorns don't have any worms in them, like the ones on the ground often do. Also, when they are just ripe, they pop so easily from their caps. (sighs) There really is nothing better than spending the warm days of autumn enjoying fresh acorns until you couldn't possibly eat another one. The grandmothers soon took to the sky, and in no time at all the entire flock was high above Vancouver, heading south toward the oak forests of Sleep Mountain. It would be just a couple short days before we would all be hanging upside down from the branches of the giant oaks in the warm sunlight, eating our favorite food. Our route took us along the line where the great water meets the land for most of the morning. We were moving at a relaxed pace as the journey really needs to be taken over two days, with about 400 miles of flying each day. In a full day, we can fly up to 600 miles, but we couldn't make the 900-mile trip from Canada to Northern California in one day, so we always split it up into two easy days. On the first night, we slept in the shadow of the purple mountain in Oregon. Here we stop to remember our brothers and sisters to the east, whose flocks long ago took their final migration to the forest in the sky. It's been over 100 years since anyone has heard or seen anything of the passenger pigeons who once covered the land east of the Rocky Mountains in great numbers. That first night already felt a bit warmer, and the day was noticeably a bit longer. As we roosted in a Douglas fir, my mother and grandmother cooed me to sleep. I listened to their songs of gratitude and remembrance, glad to know that our flock would always be there for me, even when the day came for my own trip to the forest in the sky. The morning arrived just a bit earlier than the day before, and there was not a cloud in the sky. The warm rays of the sun breaking through the fir needles woke me from a deep sleep and dreams of feasting with the flock on the acorns and toyon berries we would be enjoying later that very same day. The grandmothers wanted to sleep in a bit, so we did knowing that we would easily reach our destination with plenty of daylight for acorn hunting and glorious joy flights through the canyons. Every year when we arrive at Sleep Mountain, we always take lots of time for joy flights. There are almost no people who live there, so it's very quiet. All we can hear is the sound of our breath and the flapping of our wings as we make our way through the canyons from oak to oak. It's such a peaceful place. As the sun rose higher in the sky, we passed the mountain with the lake on top of it. Grandmother told me that it was once a smoking mountain with fire coming out of the top. But then, one day, the rains came and put out the fire. For many, many days it rained, until the mountain was filled with water. But living in the middle of the mountain, there was one magical man they called A wizard. He kept stacking rocks as the waters rose above his home, and when the rains stopped, he had made an island in the middle of the lake, and lived there until the day he flew to the forest in the sky. As we passed Wizard Island, I wondered, how could anyone stack? that many rocks. As the sun passed the highest point in the sky, we could finally see Sleep Mountain in the distance. I could smell the sweet fragrance of the pepperwood trees, and I knew the oak forests were close now. There was also a bit of a chill in the air that made me think there would still be plenty of acorns on the trees when we arrived. As we landed by the old man's cabin, I could see that I was right. We spent the afternoon joy flying and eating to our hearts content. And as the sun began to set, we found a tall fir to roost in for the night. I could hear the old man's dog barking at the crows as I cozied up next to grandmother and drifted off to sleep. The summer in Vancouver had been beautiful and warm, much like early autumn on Sleep Mountain. The occasional Gentle rains had kept my feathers clean without the need to venture to the ground to bathe in a fountain or a brook. That summer was also the first time I had the courage to eat from a bird feeder. The people inside the house seemed So close, but through the glass, I could see that they only wanted to watch me, not catch me. The Robins and Blue Jays didn't even seem to notice the people. But most of us band-tailed pigeons are just not used to Eating from feeders. Really, the only thing about the bird feeder that ended up being at all frightening was the squirrel. But then I realized that without eggs, squirrels aren't a problem. I had gotten so used to seeing squirrels up close, but only when they were trying to steal an egg from my nest, and I never stopped to think that they are actually pretty harmless when they're just spinning from the bottom of a bird feeder. And really, that is kind of funny to watch. In the beginning of October, the sun was rising later and setting earlier. The weather had gotten chilly and damp, so we had been huddling together on the branches with puffed-up feathers to stay warm through the longer and colder nights. One day, after an overnight rain, the clouds had parted just enough to let a few rays of sun pass through the fir trees where our flock was roosting. The rustling of feathers and light cooing of greetings around me seemed a bit different from the days prior. There was a hint of anticipation in the air, and I remember thinking that maybe this would be the day. I also remember wondering that morning what winters were like in Vancouver. Did the days just get shorter and shorter until there was only night. Did the rain start and never stop? I've never spent a winter in Canada and I've always just assumed that it would be much like the winters in California. Just a little colder. But maybe I'm wrong. One day, I may spend a winter with a flock that doesn't migrate, just to see for myself. But on this particular day, I was pretty sure that my flock would soon begin the journey south to Sleep Mountain. As the morning light became a bit brighter, I could see the grandmother pigeons huddled together a few branches above me. They were watching the sun rise and gauging its position on the horizon. I wondered, had it moved far enough to the south? Was this going to be the day? After a while, the grandmothers got very quiet and shut their eyes. As the clouds began to gather, blocking out the light, the grandmothers began to sway back and forth. And then they all moved together to a branch near the top of the tree to get a better look at the weather. They could smell the dry leaves and feel a hint of warmth on the breeze coming from the south. Yes, it was then that we knew it was to be the day. For my entire life, In early autumn, our flock has left Canada for the acorn forests of Northern California. They are filled with the largest and tastiest acorns in the whole world. Because late summer had been warmer than usual, I was starting to get a bit restless and wondering if the acorns on Sleep Mountain might have already started to fall. One particularly warm autumn a few years back, most of the acorns had fallen to the ground by the time we arrived. But we much prefer to eat them, when they are still on the branches of the oak trees. Not only is it safer to stay up in the trees, but those acorns don't have any worms in them like the ones on the ground often do. Also, when they are just ripe, they pop so easily from their caps. (sighs) there really is nothing better than spending the warm days of autumn enjoying fresh acorns until you couldn't possibly eat another one. The grandmothers soon took to the sky, and in no time at all, the entire flock was high above Vancouver, heading south toward the oak forests of Sleep Mountain. It would be just a few short days before we would all be hanging upside down from the branches of the giant oaks in the warm sunlight, eating our favorite food our route took us along the line where the great water meets the land for most of the morning. We were moving at a relaxed pace, as the journey really needs to be taken over two days, with about 400 miles of flying each day. In a full day, We can fly up to 600 miles, but we couldn't make the 900-mile trip from Canada to Northern California in one day. So we always split it up into two easy days. On the first night, we slept in the shadow of the Purple Mountain in Oregon. Here we stop to remember our brothers and sisters to the east, whose flocks, long ago, took their final migration to the forest in the sky. It's been over 100 years since anyone has heard or seen anything of the passenger pigeons. Who once covered the land east of the Rocky Mountains in great numbers? That first night already felt a bit warmer, and the day was noticeably a bit longer. As we roosted in a Douglas fir, my mother and grandmother cooed me to sleep. I listened to their songs of gratitude and remembrance, glad to know that our flock would always be there for me. Even when the day came for my own trip to the forest in the sky. The morning arrived just a bit earlier than the day before and there was not a cloud in the sky. The warm rays of the sun breaking through the fir needles woke me from a deep sleep, and dreams of feasting with the flock on the acorns and toyon berries we would be enjoying later that very same day. The grandmothers wanted to sleep in a bit. So we did, knowing that we would easily reach our destination with plenty of daylight for acorn hunting and glorious joy flights through the canyons. Every year, when we arrive at Sleep Mountain, We always take lots of time for joy flights. There are almost no people there, so it's very quiet. All we can hear is the sound of our breath and the flapping of our wings as we make our way through the canyons from oak to oak. It's such a peaceful place. As the sun rose higher in the sky, we passed the mountain with the lake on top of it. Grandmother told me that it was once a smoking mountain with fire coming out of the top. But then one day the rains came and put out the fire. For many days it rained, until the mountain was filled with water. But living in the middle of the mountain, there was one magical man they called a wizard. He kept stacking rocks as the waters rose above his home. And when the rains had stopped, He had made an island in the middle of the lake and lived there until the day he flew to the forest in the sky. As we passed Wizard Island, I wondered, how could anyone stack that many rocks? As the sun passed the highest point in the sky, we could finally see Sleep Mountain in the distance. I could smell the sweet fragrance of the pepperwood trees, and I knew the oak forests were close now. There was also a bit of a chill in the air that made me think there would still be plenty of acorns on the trees when we arrived. As we landed by the old man's cabin, I could see that I was right. We spent the afternoon joy-flying and eating to our heart's content. And as the sun began to set, we found a tall fir to roost in for the night. I could hear the old man's dog barking at the crows as I cozied up next to Grandmother and drifted off to sleep. Good night.